Welcome to the Talking Tenancies podcast, brought to you by the Residential Tenancies Authority. I'm your host, Belinda Hyde. Join me as we explore everything you need to know about renting in Queensland with experts from the RTA and industry. We're here to help make renting work for everyone. Gardens and maintenance during a tenancy can cause headaches for both tenants and property owners or managers if there's not clarity around responsibilities. In this episode, we get into the nitty-gritty of gardens and maintenance and answer some of the frequently asked questions we receive. Today's expert from the RTA is Sam Gaylor, Manager and Customer Experience. Welcome, Sam. Thank you. Now, can you tell us a bit about uh, your role in the RTA? I know you've been on some previous episodes with us, but for people who've missed out on you, <laughs> tell us about what you do. No problem. Uh, so, I am the manager uh, for one half of Customer Experience, mm-hmm. and so uh, I look after the contact centre yep. and the dispute resolution teams. And you have a fun job, I know. Absolutely. <laughs> love it. Now, uh, when it comes to uh, lawns, gardens and trees on a rental property, they can cause a lot of debate as to who's responsible for them. What's the best way to deal with ambiguity in this area of yard maintenance? No worries. So, uh, I guess best way to deal with ambiguity, uh, making sure things are clear. Yep. Uh, so, it seems fairly obvious, but uh, yeah, it's um, one of the contentious uh, subjects that we have. Best way, as with most of these issues, is to be clear and upfront with communication between the parties mm-hmm. right from the start. Yeah. Uh, so, as well as to understand obligations under the Act. Uh, so, when it comes to lawns, gardens, trees, uh, who looks after them, for instance, the Act talks about um, you can't require the tenant to have specialist knowledge yep. or specialist equipment. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we're looking at uh, who would trim a hedge, mm-hmm. for instance, um, if you're requiring the tenant to do it, potentially if the tenant you know, isn't sure of what they're doing, they prune the hedge back too far, mm-hmm. hedge dies. If you're looking for compensation for that, it may not have been reasonable to expect the tenant to have uh, performed that work. Yeah. And um, I, I, I've heard that you've had a similar situation yourself with a hedge, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought we weren't going to talk about that. But, um, yeah, so uh, I rent myself. Yep. Um, we had a, a hedge that had grown uh, from before we were there. It was actually higher than the house. Wow. Uh, I had a running discussion with my property manager uh, that I was renting through as to whether they would get someone out to do the work or mm-hmm. whether it would be for us to do. And again, very, uh, very politely stating uh, my case that if I were to trim this hedge, aside from the fact that it probably would have required a, a large ladder and mm. me dangling off it with <laughs> something sharp, it's probably not a good idea. Uh, but if I had pruned it back too far and the hedge dies, then you know, they would be, the owner would not be happy with that. Mm. Um, so, yeah, generally speaking, the obligations are for the tenant to do uh, mow the lawns, mm-hmm. sweep the paths, weeding, mm-hmm. uh, that sort of thing. Yep. So, um, water restrictions and weather events can also have a major impact uh, on the upkeep of a property. What should tenants do when it comes to water restrictions and watering gardens? I know we've been kind of lucky recently, we finally had yeah. some rain, but before that we were in an awful drought. What, what, what kind of 
things to tenants need to be aware of in those instances. Okay. So w- one factor in this would be uh, whether the tenant pays for water, so whether it's in the lease and there are some uh, guidelines around that, requirements for them to be able to pay for water. Uh, but we find a lot of these issues uh, come from parties not communicating early and ignoring the situation. So uh, tenant knows, for instance, when uh, there's not that water, uh, we've got the droughts and grass is dying out, they're mm. not comfortable or able to water the grass, you then see the grass die, uh, it's expensive for the owner to replace it. Mm. These situations um, might not even be able to be prevented if there's water restrictions, but keeping the other party informed will generally help the situation and it's about preventing the owner and the agent from, I suppose, getting a rude shock. Mm. Yeah, so really if you see the grass dying, let let them know. Let someone know. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's not saying that you've done the wrong thing. It's mm. not saying that you've caused that damage. But being upfront and letting them know early that this is happening, there, there may be nothing that anyone can do, but it stops it from being automatically seen maybe as the tenant's fault. Yeah, yeah. So if we look at the other side of the coin, in the event of a storm where there's been large branches that have fallen on a property... Who's responsible for that cleanup? Sure. Okay. So, uh, as with a lot of these situations, uh, we can talk generally. Mm. Uh, it's not specifically mentioned in the Act that when there's a storm and the large branch falls down, this person is responsible. Uh, but it will come down to the individual situation. And back to, I guess, my first point on the specialist equipment, specialist knowledge. If you've got a large branch um, that's you know, too heavy to carry or mm-hmm. you need to get a trailer to take it to the um, to dispose of it potentially, then that's unlikely to be the tenant's responsibility. Yep. They would be responsible for small branches that can be easily disposed of. Mm-hmm. Anything above that would be the, uh, the owner and the agent's responsibility. It's more likely to require specialist equipment, uh, chainsaw for instance. Yeah. So in those bigger weather events, I mean, people have to be patient, don't they? Absolutely. Uh, And we did find uh, with the floods in Townsville, for Mm. instance, and um, to a lesser extent recently, uh, it's about being patient and being reasonable in expectations. So communicating the impact of what's happened um, and... Yeah, being being reasonable, not expecting things to be done uh, on the day, yep. but keeping that clear communication. Yeah. Now, what about when a property manager or owner arranges an external company to come and maintain the yard? Where does the tenant stand in that situation? So this situation uh, should be spelled out in the special terms and conditions at the start of the tenancy mm-hmm. and brought to the tenant's attention then. Uh, The main issue with this tends to be when one party changes their mind or wants to change frequency, for instance. Mm -hmm. So if uh, there's a a gardener arranged to come once a month and maybe the owner decides that it's, you know, the grass is getting a bit overgrown and wants them to come more frequently than that, uh, it's about having that communication with the other parties and both parties being reasonable and clear. In those cases, would um, there have to be an entry notice for that third-party company to come and do that work? Uh, So the legislation would say uh, there should be an entry notice at all of these uh, times, so when a tradesman essentially is coming, uh, unless the parties agree 
that they don't need one. So yeah. if the if the gardener is coming and you know what day they're coming and it's part of the agreement, it's spelled out in the special terms of the lease, mm-hmm. then there doesn't have to be an entry notice. Yep. Uh, but we do find where the I guess where the communication uh, deteriorates, then you'd start to look at well. You know, Formalising uh, that. Formal, yeah. formal notice to make sure that we're clear on what's happening. Yeah. Good to know. Now, I'm interested in this one, <laughs> okay, because I've got a few fruit trees in my yard, right? Mm-hmm. If a property owner has fruit trees on a rental property, yep. does the tenant have the right to pick the fruit mm-hmm. and can the owner enter to collect the fruit? All right. Uh, first of all, with your situation, what sort of fruit are we talking? Oh, it's a bit of a variety. <laughs> yeah. It's a, okay. it's a um, Yeah of everything all right well um my answer is unlikely to change depending on the type of fruit <laughs> but, um, again we would come back to special terms uh, particularly with regards to entry so the tenant's entitled to full use of the property and you could argue that that includes the fruit from the trees yep um, what we find more commonly though than wanting to collect the fruit is where the tenant uh, doesn't collect the fruit or doesn't want to collect the fruit. Yeah. So mango trees are uh, one of the, uh, I guess, benefits and advantages of living in <laughs> Queensland. You yeah. Know, amazing, amazing fruit. Uh, but they can drop a lot of fruit, which then can rot yeah. and attract pests if it's mm. not collected. So having it spelled out at the start of the tenancy is uh, is the best way to go. Yeah, free mangoes out of the footpath. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, and then we start getting into other discussions uh, on yeah. profiting from that. But <laughs> yeah. Now we get a lot of questions in relation to the cleaning of gutters in storm season and who's responsible. Um, is this a responsibility of the tenant? Okay, so. If the tenant hasn't done anything to cause the gutters to be blocked, mm-hmm. then this would generally be considered the owner's responsibility as maintenance. Um, not to not to promote any particular product here, no product placement, but there are companies that uh, we're aware of can put grills yep. over the guttering. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something that's come out in, uh, in recent years. Um, that may be an option to reduce this issue from happening in the first place. Yeah. Um, that that one we get asked a lot, and we don't want to see tenants up on ladders and stuff like that. So. No, I, you certainly <laughs> don't want to see me up on ladders because <laughs> you'll probably see me down off it very quickly. Mm. The other thing we get asked a lot about is uh, fair wear and tear in relation to gardens and maintenance. Can you explain to us what that means? Yeah, okay. So fair wear and tear is, uh, I guess, one of the key parts of our legislation referring to the condition of the property. So uh, it's not defined mm-hmm. within the legislation, but it refers uh, to the impact that normal use can have on a property, and that includes the garden. Yep. Uh, it's it's down to individuals to decide whether they believe something is fair wear and tear or whether they consider that it's damage. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, um, the Queensland Civil and Administrative Tribunal, or QCAT, uh, would be the, the body that would decide and adjudicate it there, but that would come down to whether the tenant did anything to cause the damage. So we could be looking at uh, anything from small bare patches of grass where you know, the kids have been playing cricket mm-hmm. uh, to large patches of dead grass under a trampoline yep. uh, or a temporary pool, for instance. And it's uh, part of the ongoing argument with my wife <laughs> as, to, uh, as to why we don't get a trampoline uh, because I'm not particularly keen on having to rotate it and pretend, prevent the uh, grass from dying out. 
never thought of that with the trampoline. No, well, this is why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> what will we do without you, Sam? <laughs> um, now, swimming pools you mentioned there, um, mm. particularly the inflatable ones, but I'm talking the more permanent ones. Yep. Um, when we look at those and their maintenance on the property, what do we need to be mindful of there? Sure. Okay, so uh, talking about um, permanent pools, mm. Seems like we're just rotating through the arguments of my wife and I, so <laughs> that's, that's fine. <laughs> I'll need to look at the next list. Um, with regards to pools, both parties need to be really clear on who's responsible for what uh, and to be aware that pools can be a lot of work. Uh, so who pays for the chemicals, who will clean the pool, who will balance the chemicals? Um, special terms are important, but also to note that if the tenant is to clean the pool as part of the, the special term, uh, that they can't be required to use a specific business to do mm. this. So we do hear a lot of uh, owners organising pool maintenance and including it in special terms. Uh, one additional thing with that would be that the tenant should report any changes observed quickly. Mm -hmm. So as with any repairs, uh, if we're looking at, for instance, the pool pump making weird noises then stops, a uh, tenant doesn't report that. Uh, if it's then found that the pool pump needs replacing instead of fixing, mm -hmm. uh, and then we've got associated costs with water, chemicals, those yeah. sorts of things. Uh, you really, as with all of these, reporting things early mm -hmm. and, uh, and letting the other party know. And so when it comes to property maintenance, um, you know, whether it be emergency repairs of any kind, mm. so let's say electrical or plumbing or anything like that, um, a, a property manager or owner can specify particular providers for that, can't they? So, yeah, they can, uh, if, if there's a, uh, I guess, an agreed handyman mm -hmm. who's going to come out and do the work, uh, the difference there is that that's really the, uh, yeah, you're contacting that repair person, mm -hmm. uh, but the owner is paying for it. Absolutely. So they're not yeah. requiring the tenant to use a specific uh, contractor for the tenant's responsibilities. Yep. We're talking about repairs and maintenance that need to be carried out. Mm -hmm. So absolutely they could have their uh, resident handyman yep. or a particular company that they use mm -hmm. because it's it's the agent and the owner who are essentially footing the bill. Yeah. Well, I think we're all in the know now when it comes to gardens and maintenance on a rental property. Thank you so much for joining us today, Sam. And no obviously we've got heaps of information on our website uh, on this subject as well at rta.qld.gov.au. Thank you for listening to the Talking Tenancies podcast. For more information about the Residential Tenancies Authority, visit rta.qld.gov.au.